Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, I'm going to be going through my last set of positional rankings. So in the past week, I've gone through my running backs, wide receivers, and then quarterbacks. So now it's time to talk about the top 12 tight ends. And I feel like, you know, as the years go on, the tight end position just continues to get deeper and deeper. You know, we're no longer in those years where it's like two or three top guys and then everyone else is just garbage and you're chasing touchdowns. You still clearly have your top dogs, but there are a lot of players who can slide in as like mid to back end tight end ones. And let's just jump right into the list. Starting off here at number one, this is where I have Travis Kelsey. He has finished as a top two tight end in points per game from 2016 to 2021. So the man is just so incredibly consistent. He's an absolute target funnel. He's seen at least 130 targets in each of the past four seasons. And he could even see more this year with Tyreek Hill no longer on the team. And then he's just always on the field. You never have to worry about injuries with Travis Kelsey. Since his rookie year, Kelsey has only missed three games. So in my mind, he is the clear number one tight end heading into next season. Now, number two, this is where I have Mark Andrews. And you know, we knew he was a solid mid to high end tight end one heading into last year, but he really had a breakout 2021 finished as the tight end one in points per game, averaged 17.7 points per game. That is elite, elite, elite production at the tight end position. Amongst all tight ends, he was number one in target share, targets, receptions, receiving yards, deep targets, and red zone targets. So he's getting the volume, he's producing, and then he's also getting the important volume, you know, down the field for big plays and in the red zone. I just don't think Mark Andrews is going to replicate that 2021 season in 2022 due to a lot of preseason injuries to the Ravens roster, you know, most notably J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. The Ravens kind of had to shift to a much more pass-heavy attack. They went from 25.4 pass attempts per game in 2020 to 35.9, so over 10 passes per game more, you know, in just one year. I expect Mark Andrews to be a really solid tight end. But I'm definitely not expecting, you know, the 154 targets that he did see last season. Now, moving on to number three, this is where I have Kyle Pitts. And he finished as the tight end 11 in points per game last year. But it was overall an amazing season. As a rookie tight end, you know, which is a spot where most people struggle, Kyle Pitts was number three in receiving yards, number five in targets, number seven in receptions. What really held him back for fantasy was just his one touchdown. I mean, he scored one touchdown on 110 targets. That is absolutely unheard of. That is bound to correct at least a little bit heading into next season. And I do know this Falcons offense is likely going to be terrible. It looks like it's going to be Mariota at quarterback. Maybe they snag someone in the draft. They don't really have many weapons there. But I still think, you know, Pitts is going to improve as a player. And I do think he's going to be a target funnel in 2022. So it's kind of a tough call to put him here at number three. Because as I'm going to get into at four and five, or even six, there are very established, you know, top tier fantasy tight ends. So I wouldn't be mad if you had Kyle Pitts at like number five. Just for me, he's going to slot in at number three, because we do know he can carry that offense. And you know, that could lead to some massive production. At number four, I have George Kittle. And he's really been a high end tight end one ever since 2018. I'm definitely expecting big things out of Kittle next season, but I do also understand that he has a lot of target competition. You know, the tight ends ahead of him, Mark Andrews, you've got Bateman and Marquise Brown, 
But I think, you know, most people would probably say he's the number one target there. Kelsey with Hill gone, he's the clear number one with Kyle Pitts. We don't even know who their wide receivers are going to be. But George Kittle's competing with guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. And there were, you know, a decent number of games last year where Kittle was really just not a factor in the receiving department. You know, not necessarily his fault. Maybe they were using him as a blocker. You know, maybe they were just feeding guys like Debo, but he was targeted four times or fewer in five out of 14 games. That's not really something you want to see out of a, you know, top, top tier tight end. But then he was kind of able to make up for it throughout the year with some monster performances kind of sprinkled in there. But now with Trey Lance likely taking over as the QB1, I could definitely see this team's pass attempts per game decreasing, which obviously would limit the opportunities that George Kittle could potentially receive. Now at number five, I have Darren Waller, and he definitely had a disappointing 2021 season. Finished as the tight end six in points per game, which doesn't sound terrible, but he was just very far away from being a high-end tight end one, which is definitely what he was drafted to be. You know, he was going at like, late round two, early round three. So you were expecting kind of like upwards of 14 points per game. He definitely did not do that for you in your lineups. And he is no longer the number one target on his team now that Devontae Adams is there. But I think, you know, that might not be a horrible thing for him because this offense as a whole is going to be much better. You've got Derek Carr. He finally has some weapons. So you're going to have Devontae Adams. You're going to have Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro is going to be in the mix. And I think we're definitely going to see an uptick in Darren Waller's efficiency. You know, there were games last year where he was getting a ton of targets, but they were really just not kind of producing to top production because he had so much attention on him. And there really just weren't a lot of other options on that Raiders offense. So I think he's going to be a solid option this season, but I don't know if he's going to have the ceiling he's had in years past because I don't know if he's just going to be seeing that same volume. Now that Devontae Adams is likely going to be the guy getting, you know, the number one target workload. Moving on to number six, this is where I have a Rob Gronkowski. And at this point, it seems like there's two options for Gronk. He's either going to return to the Bucks or retire. I really don't see him coming back to football and then just going and playing on a random team. Wouldn't make much sense, especially now that Brady's back. So in these rankings, I'm just going to assume he's back because if he retires, obviously he's just out of the rankings and then everyone else would move up. After an okay 2020 season when he returned from his first retirement, Gronk was dominant in 2021. He was actually the tight end three in points per game and looked pretty close to, you know, prime Gronkowski form. For Gronk, injuries are always going to be a question just because he has so much wear and tear on his body. But I do think the Bucks have kind of shown that they're prioritizing, giving him rest. They want him to be on the field a ton. And we actually saw that in his first year back played his first full season in a long, long time. So in those two years with the Bucks, he has only missed five games. If Gronk does actually retire, I think then we could see a big bump in Russell Gage's production because Bruce Arians typically isn't a coach that likes to use tight ends, you know, super often. But when you have Gronk, I mean, you got to get him out there. So if Gronk does retire, I think we're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets, which would obviously benefit Russell Gage, who's going to be playing behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. At number seven, I have TJ Hawkinson, and he had a solid overall year in 2021, finished as the tight end six in points per game. And with Hawk here, I feel like we're just looking at a reliable mid-tier tight end one. He had solid volume last year, averaged 6.9 targets per game, 
But when we were kind of looking at the upside for Hawkinson, it was like, okay, this offense is not going to be good. They don't have a ton of weapons. Maybe Hawkinson is just a target funnel, and that's kind of his pathway to high-end tight end one status. It didn't really help him. You know, he wasn't elevated into that high-end tight end one territory. And heading into next season, I do think this offense may be slightly better, but there are also going to be some more weapons in the mix. Guys like Amon Ra, who broke out, you know, after TJ Hawkinson was out for the season. And then they also signed a guy like DJ Chark. So maybe the offense is slightly better, but there's also going to be more target competition. So I feel like number seven here is a fair spot. At number eight, I have Dalton Schultz, who definitely had a breakout 2021 season, actually finished as the tight end five in points per game. Basically, he was not drafted in any normal size leagues, finishing as like a mid to almost high-end tight end one. And he was just an all-around really solid weapon at the tight end position. He was targeted 104 times. That's really nice volume. 78 receptions, 808 receiving yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. So just a very well-rounded stat line there. And then entering 2022, he's going to be the clear-cut tight end one on the Cowboys. You know, heading into last season, he was splitting reps and snaps with Blake Jarwin early in the season. That is not the case. They know Dalton Schultz is going to be the guy. Amari Cooper is gone. And Schultz is once again going to be a top target on this team. So maybe you don't want to spend the high price tag, you know, on some of these high-end tight end ones, the Kelseys, the Mark Andrews. You can wait and get a guy, you know, probably not going to fall to double-digit rounds, but maybe round seven, eight, nine. You can go out and get yourself a guy like Dalton Schultz. And number nine, I have Dallas Goddard. And I thought this was kind of a tough call between Goddard and Schultz. I did end up putting Schultz ahead of Goddard. He had a solid 2021, finished the season with some monster games down the stretch. I feel like in 2022, he's just going to slot in as like a mid-tier tight end one. I'm not really seeing a ton of ceiling there, but I would also be surprised if he like falls out of the top 12 tight ends in terms of points per game. And right now he is still lined up to be one of Jalen Hurts top targets in the 2022 season. At number 10, this is where I have Pat Fryermuth coming off of a fairly impressive rookie season, caught 60 passes for 497 yards and seven touchdowns. I'm not really sure if Fryermuth is going to take a massive leap in 2022. I definitely think he's a really solid red zone threat, but I do think he was aided, you know, in the target department, the target share area by Big Ben's just lack of deep passing. Fryermuth was kind of one of his check down options, similar to a guy like Najee Harris, who just racked up a lot of points in like PPR formats because they were getting targeted so much. But in terms of like real life efficiency, he was pretty inefficient. So I do like the player, but right now I'm just not willing to rank him over guys that we've seen in the past produce, you know, as top 12 tight ends. At number 11, I have Zach Ertz and he is back with the Cardinals. I thought that was the best landing spot for him, you know, going back to Arizona. He was the tight end 10 in points per game when you're looking at the entire season. But if you're only counting his games with the Cardinals, he was traded, you know, close to midseason from the Eagles to the Cardinals. He actually would have been the tight end eight and averaged 11.9 points per game as a member of the Cardinals. You know, it's clear that Ertz is on the down end of his career. He is no longer in his prime, but he also showed that he can still produce at a fairly high level for fantasy football. And the Cardinals have shown, you know, that they want and know how to get him involved in their offense. So a really solid back end tight end one option 
if you want to wait you know later in drafts for that position and then to wrap up the top 12 this is where i have dawson knox after a nice 2021 season i kind of feel like knox is going to be overvalued heading into 2022 you know he was the tight end nine in points per game which is solid but a major part of that tight end nine finish was his nine touchdowns in 15 games and i just don't know if the volume is going to be there consistently for dawson knox you know he only averaged 4.7 targets and 39 receiving yards per game and if those touchdowns come back to earth next year i can see a lot of people being disappointed you know in drafting dawson knox so here is like a fringe tight end one i think it's a fair ranking but if we're picking them like tight end eight tight end nine i would be a little concerned there i think you know probably to a lesser extent but it kind of reminds me of the robert tanyan situation last year a guy who doesn't have a ton of volume but scored a ton of touchdowns when those touchdowns are gone you know the production is just totally gone so we're not drafting a guy like hunter henry way up here obviously as a whole he wasn't as good but i feel like it's a similar situation these guys who got into the end zone a ton it may not replicate the next season and then you're just left with not a ton of volume and not a lot of production but that is going to wrap it up for my top 12 tight ends let me know what you guys think about these rankings down below in the comment section as always, thank you for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.